everybody and welcome to episode two. Um, that was a very high energy start to this episode. We're in for a high energy, very exciting episode today. Um, this week we're actually going to be talking about our favourite women in rock and roll um, and with a little dabbling in some feminist history from the 60s and the 70s. So I've actually got a very special guest with me today. Um, I told her I was going to introduce her as my favourite girl boss. Uh, so this is Carmen. Would you like to tell the audience a little bit about who you are? Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Carmen. I'm a third year classics student. And when I heard that Sadie was doing a retro music based radio show, I said I have to come on to it. And um, whether she wanted me to or not, I'm here. Of course I wanted you. Um, <laughs> and Carmen's like one of my closest friends at uni. So I'm very, very excited to have her here. Um, and an expert on, I mean, we'll talk about later what she she researches and the classics and everything like that. Um, but we're gonna play our second song for today now, um, which is actually one of your choices. It's These Boots Are Made For Walking by Nancy Sinatra. Uh, it was written by Lee Hazelwood. Um, and Nancy Sinatra is actually the daughter of Frank Sinatra. I feel like that that's quite self-explanatory from them sharing a surname, but also her mother was called Nancy Sinatra, which makes things quite confusing. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to ask you why you chose this song, really. So I think it's a very important song if we're discussing like women of rock and roll, maybe maybe people who kind of built the foundations for women in music, because it's a very kind of she's talking about how she's kind of fed up with the man that she's been seeing, and I think it's very like it goes against the traditional like fifties and early sixties values of like traditional housewife, and she's kind of revolting against that. And then also she would go and perform it to um, like US soldiers over in Vietnam and they took it up as like their anthem for while they were there. So it also gives a kind of anti-war stance to it as well, if you consider the context of they're using it for an anthem against war. Yeah, I love that, I love that. So this is These Boots Are Made For Walking by Nancy Sinatra. You keep saying you got something for me Something you call love but confess You've been a messin' where you shouldn't have been a messin' And now someone else is getting all your best These boots are made for walking And that's just what they'll do one of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you yeah you keep lying when you ought to be truth in and you keep losing when you ought to not bet you keep saying when you ought to be a changing Now what's right is right But you ain't been right yet These boots are made for walking And that's just what they'll do One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you You keep playing where you shouldn't be playing And you keep thinking that you'll never get burned Ha! I just found me 
a brand new box of matches, yeah. And what he knows you ain't had time to learn. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. Are you ready, Boots? Start walking. Hello. I'd just like to apologise if Carmen's mic wasn't on for that first segment. We think we fixed the problem now. Everything looks okay. Would you like to say hello for me and just double check? Hi. Yeah, we ran into a little bit of technical difficulties, but we've all fixed it. It's all okay. Mm-hmm. It happens. Second weekend, I'm bound to make some mistakes still. Uh, but yeah, so like I said at the beginning, um, we're going to be talking a little bit about feminist history today. So we're going to start off in the late 60s with the like emergence of the WLM or the Women's Liberation Movement. Um, obviously the 60s were a time period for very rapid social change um, and a lot of women were questioning their role in relation to men and it also coincided with a lot of decolonization efforts in like newly independent countries that have just kind of gained their independence from the empires in Asia, Africa, the Caribbean and South and Central America. Um, and as it is with you know protest and uh, rights movements it like coincided with a lot of other rights movements at the time so obviously the 60s was the civil rights movement um there was a lot of kind of working together um protesting together and there was a big focus on both grassroots activism so like the creation of posters women's magazines a big thing i found in my research actually was that a lot of women met in small groups together um, and it provided kind of a space for them to talk about like their marriages the injustices they feel they face and even if they weren't quite sure of where those came from it helped kind of I guess enlighten them um, by talking to other women in a, in a way they'd never really been able to before. And then obviously there were wide-scale protests, so a big one in America was the Miss America protest in 1968, which we will definitely get on to talk about later. I think I've got a little quiz prefer- prepared for Carmen, um, which she's very excited about, I'm sure. <laughs> she's not looking very happy at me over there, um, but you know, it'll be fun. Um, So, yeah, so some of the kind of intersections between the other social movements were um, like the anti-war in Vietnam movement, civil rights, indigenous rights and the new left student movements. Um, But kind of to round that little history lesson off, we're going to be playing, we played it last week, um, one of my favourite ladies, Janis Joplin. Enjoy.
so that was Peace of My Heart by Janice Joplin. So we're going to kind of go back to what we were talking about before um, with what they were doing in a lot of these women's liberation movements. So a big thing I found was that they, there was a big focus on kind of bringing women to light with, throughout history because obviously when you look back on history, oftentimes it's written by men. Um, <laughs> Carmen is nodding very vigorously at me there. And um, it's actually something I've been interested in because I'm taking a module this year called Women Thinkers in Antiquity in the Middle Ages and we're looking at all these women philosophers and mystics um, that were just like completely erased from public knowledge and it's very exciting to kind of discover them again. But um, Carmen's a very good person to talk to about this because her dissertation is all about women. So uh, <laughs> what would you like to, because I'd love to talk to you about what you study. I've had a little bit, but you know, I'd love to know more. Um, so a lot of the modules I took in second year were more focused on like women's history. So we had a whole module on like female voices in Greek and Latin literature, but it was less um, the, reception of women and kind of their interpretation via men but more which literary sources do we have of actual women mm -hmm. in antiquity which is very very few and that's very upsetting we have very few poets and but it's because it's all based on what the christian period wanted to record what they wanted to remember and obviously a lot of women writers were kind of left out to favor the more male dominated literary space mm -hmm. um and then when I was sort of planning for my dissertation, I was thinking, what do I want to study? What do I want to look at? And then I ended up on this idea of the way that Botticelli represents Venus in art. And obviously still it's a man representing Venus, but it's more, why was there a rebirth of classical culture? Mm -hmm. And sort of the roles and attitudes towards women, because she's presented in very, very different ways. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of questioning reasons of why is the same artist depicted her as you know, a matron, but also as a figure of sexuality, but also a figure of chastity. It's very, yeah, it's very interesting. Uh -huh. it, it's interesting because, I mean, at the time, kind of Christian perceptions and ideas about women is like very traditional, like especially in Renaissance Italy. Yeah, like women belong to the space of the household. So the fact that Venus is being depicted in these three very different ways sounds like it's a really interesting topic to go into because she is a goddess. Yeah, because she's, I think it's more because she's outside the realm of human women that it's more natural for her to be depicted these ways. Because obviously women in the ancient world, they had the space of you were inside, you were weaving, you were not out in public. Mm -hmm. And a lot of depictions of women from the Renaissance period of classical scenes have women in the house, yeah. women taking part in activities where they were supposed to be rather than out in public. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh sounds very interesting I, i'm very i hope you send it to me when, when you're done with it i, I really i really want to read it even though i'm very much not a, a, a classics person uh, i don't take any classics module the closest i get is like that women think as module um but yeah I, I cannot wait um so kind of this is my attempt at like transitioning between the songs so the link we have today is last week we played rhiannon by fleetwood mac written by stevie nicks and obviously she has a big interest in like um kind of women in folklore yeah she, yeah definitely you know, she's a Rhiannon was a Welsh goddess that's mm -hmm. what I, I found out last week so I didn't want to play the same song again because that would be boring but um we're gonna play another song written by Stevie Nicks Gold Dust Woman about kind of 
her struggles as a rock star and also coming out of her tumultuous relationship with Lindsay Buckingham, um, the, which created the forever iconic album rumours where they were basically just slandering each other and making each other sing about it, which I think is pretty iconic of them on both sides, if not a little bit toxic. So I'm going to play the song for you now. Um, and this is Gold Dust Woman by Fleetwood Mac.
we're going to move on to one of my picks now. One of my favourite songs written by a woman. So what I actually wanted to do here was play some Joni Mitchell. But as some of you will probably be aware, Joni Mitchell has removed all her music from Spotify because she wants to boycott the platform for giving a voice to Joe Rogan because he was spreading COVID misinformation, which, you know, absolutely valid. I completely back her up on that. But when I want to sad girl and listen to Joni Mitchell, I don't know what to do now. So instead we're gonna um, put on a song by a folk artist that I love as well and kind of has very similar, I think they have quite similar voices, very similar vibes. Um, and this is gonna be a song by Joan Baez. It's actually a song originally written by Bob Dylan um, and we all know how much I love Bob Dylan from last week. Um, and it's from the same album um, that we played the song from last week, Blood on the Tracks. So this is Don't Think Twice, It's All Right, written by Dylan, covered by Joan Baez. Well, it ain't no use to sit and wonder why, babe. Nothing you don't know by now. It ain't no use to sit and wonder why. When the rooster crows at the break of dawn Look out your window and I'll be gone You're the reason I'm traveling on But don't think twice, it's alright And it ain't no use in turning on your light never know and it ain't no use in turning on your light I'm on the dark side of the road still I wish there was something you could do or say make me want to change my mind and stay we never did too much talking anyway but don't think twice it's alright Twice, it's all right. 
sorry for that. I forgot to cut that out um, just before the applause at the end. But um, we're going to move a little back towards um, like our history of feminism. So um, as some of you will know, I am... I've written down on my notes, I'm a US history girly. Um, uh, I take the Making Americans module and it is one of my favorites. Uh, I just I just love researching American history. I find it very interesting. So um, we're gonna talk about what I mentioned earlier with the Miss America protest. And I thought it'd be quite fun if I gave Carmen a little quiz so we can learn together can't we we can yeah so i don't know a lot about u.s history american history a lot of my research again is ancient um but i did do a little bit of the cold war yeah well, well maybe that'll help I d- maybe. at gcse <laughs> at gcse so only like four years ago please don't remind me <laughs> um so the Miss America protest was organised by Robin Morgan and sponsored by Florence Kennedy's Media Workshop, which was an activist group she founded in 1966 to protest the media's representation of African Americans. Um, and I mean, both, like I talked about earlier, there was a lot of kind of communication and planning between like the civil rights movement and the women's liberation movement. And a big part of the Miss America protest was the fact that only Caucasian women were put in the final. Um, which obviously, you know, when it's framed to be the ideal image of what a woman is and you're only putting white women in there, that is um, highly problematic. Uh, so we're going to start on our quiz. Um, Perfect. So, um, it was in Atlantic City um, and there was protesters both inside and outside. And I think I mentioned this one to you earlier when we were planning in the you common did, room. Yeah. Um, but what did the women protesting on the boardwalk call Miss America was it A the degrading mindless boob girly symbol B a woman like the best specimen in a country fair or C an instrument of female torture well the answer is A firstly because you showed it to me and secondly you were not very composed when you said the words yeah I I think it's hilarious it's Um, yeah it's quite funny mm um you know how they came up with that, you know, a woman of knowledge, I think. Really, really. A, a woman of knowledge. Yeah. Um, so question two is also a multiple choice. What animal did they crown to compare the pageant to livestock competitions? Was it A, a cow, B, a sheep, or C, a chicken? I'm going to go for B with the logic of if it's regarding how only Caucasian women were in the final you're more likely to there's obviously in in regards to sheep white sheep are more common they're more the answer you know i didn't even think of that it is correct by the way um but it didn't say it on the wikipedia page (laughs) credible source (laughs) very credible source no i i do double check all my facts i promise um but yeah that that might actually have been some motivation behind it we'd have to do a little more research on that one um so I know I told you all of these would be multiple choice, but this one isn't, but I feel like you'll know the answer anyway. Oh, okay. Um, So, what dramatic symbolic act was the one the media picked up on the most and is also commonly associated with second wave feminism as a whole? (laughs) That's a very unhappy face. I genuinely have no idea. Enlighten me, tell me. Okay, you'll kick yourself when you hear Mm -hmm. it. Bra burning. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. 
um, the media used it a lot to kind of demonize them because obviously it's you know I guess like a heretical act to burn burn your bra. But it's burning a symbol of what some people consider female oppression, so... Exactly, exactly. They did similar things where they, like, threw away corsets, um, yeah. everything like that. And, you know, I respect it. Um, I would definitely be down for burning all bras. I don't know about you. Um, not all of them. Some women need them. Some women do need them. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, the final question. I know. I, I you're, Why are you laughing at don't me? Don't worry. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> this is what I get. I invite a guest on and she laughs at me. I'm sorry, that was just, it was very entertaining, but don't worry. Okay, okay. So, final question, also not multiple choice, sorry. <laughs> um, but also very self-explanatory. What Orwellian figure did they compare Miss America to? <laughs> okay, I'll give you a clue. 1984. I've not read any Orwell. So, shock, surprise, so I have absolutely no idea. Okay. Well, they they use the wait f- wait is a big brother. Yes, there we go. There we go. I told you you'd know. I told you. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. They use the phrase "Miss America" as big sister is watching you, um, because they thought that Miss America was like this symbol that attempted attempted to enslave women in high heeled low status roles and force values um onto young girls, um, as like women of beasts of shopping, um. So yeah, quite striking image I think um, and on the same evening as these protests there was actually um, a 19 year old called Sandra Williams who arranged a Miss Black America event um, which was supposed to expand notions of beauty to all races which I think is very nice um, but it was actually criticised by the women's liberation movement um, at least on the like Miss America protest side the organizer said we deplore miss black america as much as miss white america but we understand the black issue involved um so it was kind of an area of contention but i i personally think that holding a miss black america is like a very construct because it's deconstructing what white miss white america stands for so you know i definitely understand why yeah yeah for sure yeah so i think um robin morgan Probably wasn't onto something there with that statement. Um, So the next song is by Etta James, and I thought it was quite fitting um, because something has a hold on these women, and that hold is that women are tired of the shit they've been put through. So this is Something's Got a Hold on Me by Etta James. Oh, sometimes I get a good feeling, yeah.
James, uh, in the break where we had our song there, Carmen was like, I can't believe you called me out there. <laughs> well, I mean, you told me that I was going to be given a multiple choice quiz and then 50% of the quiz was multiple choice. The other 50% was, I have know. a guess. I know, but you know, I was testing your knowledge and what, what better way to test your knowledge? Oh, shit. My, sorry, my, my wire is caught on my chair. Um, I probably shouldn't swear on this because my parents are listening. Mm-hmm. Unprofessional radio very, presenter. Very unprofessional. Oops, sorry. I promise I, I'm, I'm very good and I only use uh, words that were in the Bible. Um, <laughs> so that brings me very nicely onto my next song by Kate Bush, uh, moving very swiftly past that. Um, and I feel like her discography, you'll probably agree with me, has had a very new life since like TikTok that was like, challenges where there were lots of Kate Bush songs. Yeah, I think all of her most prominent songs, so Running Up That Hill, Babushka, and then the song that we're about to play, Wuthering Heights, all went through a stage where it was very, very popular on TikTok. There were trends regarding it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think she's definitely had a big revival within the past couple of years. Yeah, I've put Stranger Things down on my list here because that was like a phenomenon she went back into the charts for stranger things i know absolutely incredible that woman really so talented um and she wrote this song inspired by first i think the bbc adaptation of wuthering heights and then she went and read the first half of the book um obviously by emily bronte um and then she went and wrote this song I, i i think it's incredible um, the funny thing about it is that she actually had to fight with the like publishers for it to be the lead single because they were like, no, 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 this this isn't a single. This is not conventional in the music industry. Um, it kind of reminds me of the story of Bohemian Rhapsody when Freddie yeah. Mercury had to like yeah. fight, and then obviously it was like the biggest song ever. And like to like Bohemian Rhapsody, Wuthering Heights, you could arguably say like some of like the most iconic songs of this it, kind of exactly. period. I think uh, maybe that's a sign to all like music publishers to just like listen to the artists they know what they're doing it's almost like they wrote and recorded these songs yeah definitely Um, and they know their audiences um but i've got a quote up here which i thought kind of nicely tied into our theme this week um that kate bush said um and the quote is when i first read wuthering heights i thought the story was so strong this young girl in an era when the female role was so inferior and she was coming out with this passionate heavy stuff um and it kind of reminded me a lot about what we talk about in our like women thinkers philosophy module. I don't know if any of my like fellow women thinkers girlies are listening to this, but if you are, hello. Um, I love our seminars. I can't wait to see you on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> but we like talk a lot about there's these like women mystics, um, especially within like Christianity, who would talk about God in like quite an erotic romantic way that they were like married to god um and they had to like put themselves through this pain like being away from a lover to reduce themselves so down that they essentially like became one with god but not quite because otherwise that's blasphemous because the god is only in the trinity um 
and you know they'd be burned as witches um as happened to any woman who mm-hmm. expressed yeah. any sort of belief but it's quite interesting because especially within like the kind of institution of the church um it was quite a way for them to like have power because they'd be like oh i had this vision from god i'm this spokesperson and while i'm like a lowly woman i am speaking the word of god so listen to me um, <laughs> so it kind of reminded me of that um and the fact that even though women had to stay within this sphere of like being in the household and whatever they could still like be passionate and strong in like certain ways although they did have to be careful and we don't want to like overestimate the agency that women had at the time because you know um that ignores a lot of the injustices and and you know we don't want to do that um so i feel like i've talked for long enough um this is going to be wuthering heights by kate bush
so I hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did because I absolutely adore that song um, so next I don't think you can talk about women in rock and roll without talking about Debbie Harry and Blondie I think Carmen will agree because she's the one who put this song on the playlist today um, and I was trying to get her to g give me Debbie Harry facts earlier and she, she just brought up the Wikipedia page so that's what we're going to do we're going to go through some Debbie Harry facts no I brought up songfacts.com for okay, you yeah, a much more credible source than <laughs> much Wikipedia. more credible source yeah, yeah, of course yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, don't tell my seminar leaders that or mine marking yeah, yeah. <laughs> I use academic sources in my essays I promise um, so um, this song we're going to play Heart of Glass um, and it was kind of associated with the rise of disco and new wave at the end of the 70s and the start of the 80s um, and this song um, this is actually a common fact but um, they tried it as a ballad they tried it as reggae um, and then they were eventually convinced by their pro producer Mike Chapman to give it a little disco twist um, and it obviously worked out for them because it was Blondie's first UK number one um, and then do you want to give the John Lennon and Ringo Starr fact because I was like we have to include one Beatles reference in this podcast um, per week okay so. yeah so if you didn't know you should be aware by now that Sadie is obsessed with the Beatles oh, to the I point where are. we went on a road trip and she played the entirety of uh, Abbey Road in the car so multiple times, multiple times. And she sang loves them very loudly yeah she yeah. loves them um and she was like we can't do an episode without a beatles fact so while i was looking for information about heart of glass and blondie i found this fact that john lennon wrote a postcard to ringo Starr telling him that he should write more songs like heart of glass i mean honestly i, I do agree if you've heard any of ringo's solos i mean no shade to ringo i like i i respect him but his solo discography post Beatles mm -hmm. is the weakest of the four. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, some of them were only alive for 10 years after. So <laughs> that's saying a lot. Yeah. Um, so we're going to play Heart of Glass for you. Um, yeah, I think that's everything we have to say about Blondie. Any any other facts? Don't think so. Okay. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll play the song then. Enjoy. Yeah.
So that was Heart of Glass by Blondie. So we're coming kind of close to the end now, but I wanted to play a couple more songs for you. Um, the first one being As Tears Go By by Marianne Faithful, written by the one and only Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, of course. And obviously Marianne Faithful herself was famously a partner of Mick Jagger. Um, so yeah, we've not got much time left, so I won't talk too much about it. I'll just play you the song. But yeah, I hope you enjoy. about to play our final song but before we go I just wanted to say a little thank you to Carmen for joining me in the studio today I hope I've convinced you that you should have your own radio show we were talking about this earlier um so what did you think did you have a good time yeah I had a great time thank you for having me on I think it's been a really valuable experience and I would love to do my own kind of show but if I don't then it's something that I'm going to keep with me and (laughs) I will be coming back again Uh whether you like it or not that's fine I feel like you it, I put you on the spot and now you've given an acceptance speech <laughs> this like, is my academy award for yeah, radio exactly yeah you deserve one for being such a good guest oh thank you yeah uh-huh so so keep an eye out for Carmen's podcast whatever she does radio show um I'm very excited hopefully we'll talk to Tash we'll, we'll get Tash yeah 
to give you a radio show. Um, so yeah, our last song's gonna be Respect by Aretha Franklin. And I think Carmen wanted to talk a little about this one if you wanna go for it. Yeah, so this kind of episode was us talking about women of rock and roll. And while Respect is not necessarily a rock and roll song, I think you have to really recognize that rock and roll is based in like soul and blues. Mm-hmm. And that is a very, that movement was created by African-American people. And I think sometimes people see the world of rock and roll and they see it as a very like, white-centered space. Definitely, and yeah. I just wanted to like strip it back to the origins and kind of play a powerful woman, singing a powerful song about, you know, female empowerment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was saying earlier how I definitely want to do uh, like strip back blues episode because I, I love blues, but I don't know that much about it. So maybe maybe Carmen will be on in the future and we can have her talk about some blues as a resident expert. Um, I wouldn't quite say that, but yeah. we'll, we'll do our research. It's we'll fine. do research. No Wikipedia articles. No, we'll have actual sources, JSTOR yeah. only. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My lecturers would be proud. Right, we'll play the song now. We'll stop talking. Um, enjoy. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you.